Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome. This is Talk the Plank, episode 38 of Pittsburgh Pirates podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. I'm Nathan Hirsch and a pretty special show here today. We're going to recap a little bit of this Brewers series, but uh, once Jake hops on here, we are going to do Pittsburgh Pirates first baseman draft since the year 2000 irrelevant first baseman draft so we'll get to that soon jake is joining us now let's get jake in here jake how's it going it's going good man took my girlfriend to her first pirate game today and ate some joe's crab shack it's been a good sunday how was yours that's that sounds like a good day um i worked a little bit which um you know that was that watched the game a little bit but uh yeah pretty pretty normal sunday for me as well um yeah so that's good did she enjoy her experience she did she actually said something that i think a lot of people would probably disagree with but i found rather interesting she said the nosebleed seats are the best and she had good reasoning for it yeah i mean i will say at pnc park there's not a bad seat in the house uh you know it's smaller ish ballpark capacity wise and i think pretty much I mean, I, I like the nosebleeds. The only seats that I really don't like at PNC Park are the left field bleachers because, yep. um, you know, left field's big and it's quite far away. So uh, that's cool, though. What was her reasoning? Her reasoning, well, like like you said, it was really a, just a good view, good aerial view. No, not to strain your neck. There's never really anything missed. Uh, so that, that was pretty much the meat of her reasoning, and I, I agreed with that. So, yeah. So, yeah, uh, pretty good news for the Pirates this weekend. They won a game. Uh, They lost two out of three, and they have now lost, I believe, 10 out of 11 games. So, not not too great. Uh, As of right now, the Pirates are 42 and 76. Tank is in full-fledged go mode. But uh, the Pirates were able to win game one of the doubleheader yesterday, 14 to 4. It was actually a pretty enjoyable game to watch. Um, you know, 14 runs in seven innings, 19 hits. Definitely the best offensive day from the Pirates this season. And then in the second game, they got shut out. So that's that's how that works. And then today, another lousy offensive game. The Pirates lose 2-1. to one And uh, Dylan, it's a Dylan, Dylan Peters made his Pirates debut. And uh, just throwing darts, see what sticks. Dylan Peters got the start, four and two-thirds, 
Gave up only one run, walked three, struck out three, five hits. Two runs, one earned, sorry, in the loss. And uh, the bullpen looked pretty solid today. They looked pretty decent yesterday. Bryce Wilson in game one, four innings pitch, gave up four runs. Uh, and then Jason Shreve, Nick Mears, and Luis Oviedo shut shut it down for the Pirates, who had a huge lead. And then yesterday in game two, uh, our friend Mitch Keller, pretty Mitch Keller game. I mean, solid by his standards, four and a third, only gave up two earned runs, but he did give up nine hits and uh, only struck out three, walked one. But for him, I'll take it. And, of course, the Pirates uh, lost that game as well. But, uh, you know, one win, I'll take it. How'd you feel about the series? Pretty typical. I mean, yeah, we won the first game in grand fashion, scored a shit ton of runs, but I kind of figured that we would have a little bit of regression in the second and third games, which we did only accumulating one total run in both of those games combined. Um, the first game I thought was really good. I honestly didn't think we would win one at all. So mm-hmm. I'll take what I'll take whatever's given to us. And, you know, overall solid, I would say pitching weekend. Just I wish our offense would have been a little bit more alive yesterday in game two and today especially. But, I mean, I just I, – I, we all expected that to happen. But I right. thought it was a decent series. I thought we held with them. And we did really well considering the Brewers are in first place in the NL Central. So, overall, I'd say despite losing the series, it was a really good weekend for the Pirates. Honestly, yeah. Uh, Perspective-wise, I agree. And uh, shout-out to our friend Kevin Newman. Tied a major league record for four doubles in one game in game one yesterday. Uh, pretty awesome performance by him, which, I mean, we haven't really gotten a lot of those. He raised his slugging percentage all the way up to 306 this weekend. So kudos to him. Uh, got over the 300 mark, which... Honestly, three slugging 300 is basically the Mendoza line of slugging percentage, I would say. And uh, Newman, he, he surpassed that. Four doubles, that's cool. I mean, all jokes aside, four doubles in one game is pretty impressive. So that was cool. Um, Brian Reynolds keeps on being awesome. Brian Hayes, you know, he had a few hits. Um, he was two for four in game one yesterday. Hoy Park looked good yesterday in the game that they uh, – one so pretty pretty solid series for the pirates like you said they just won one but all things considered uh good for them good for the pirates yeah definitely a few questions though number one Hoy park do you see a strikeout uh, strikeout plague troubling him over the next few years because i'm seeing a lot of strikeouts from Hoy park and i think that's a little concerning um, especially considering that Pirates hitters are known to strike out. Um, I, I just see that. I saw it today, and just in his recent string of at-bats, I see a lot of strikeouts from him, and I think I, – I understand he's still young. He's still impressionable. He could probably fix that, but I, I hope that's not – I just wanted to pose that question along with a better question. When the hell is Brian Reynolds going to seriously get considered for NL MVP? I think it should be now, but – Nobody's going to look at the Pirates because of their record and how their uh, organization is. Yeah, I think he's going to get some votes, perhaps, for some, you know, second place, third place, fourth place, fifth place votes. But I'm sorry to say, but uh, Fernando Tattoos Jr. and uh, 
He hit two home runs today. He's he's amazing. He is the NL MVP. But I do think that uh, Reynolds deserves some. He deserves some uh, some votes for sure. And uh, looking at Hoy Park, so this year um, his strikeout percentage is over twenty five percent. It's is it's at about twenty seven percent right now. So strikeouts have been a thing. And I'm looking at his minor league numbers um this year in new york in triple a he struck out 20 percent of the time and um you know throughout double a single a his strikeout rate has kind of creeped up at every level but i mean the bat is nice right now he's getting on base ish he needs to walk a little more i don't, I don't like a six percent walk rate that's uh not not too great but so far WRC plus over 100, 103. So I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with the uh, Hoy Park bandwagon here. I think he's going to be fine, and I'm not too, too worried about the strikeouts. Definitely needs to strike out less, but if he can get that around 20%, I think he'll be just fine. Okay, I just wanted to pose that just be just based on his recent performances. I like I said, I think he's still impressionable. I think he can work things out, work through the rust. But I, I just know that there's been a wide string of strikeouts, and I just wanted to get your perspective on yeah. where exactly, like, where do you feel about that? But, yeah, I mean, he's, his numbers still look pretty good. Uh, hopefully he can just shake that off here soon. Yeah, and in AAA this year, uh, Park also walked 20% of the time, as well as striking out 20% of the time. So he's new. He's probably not, you know, MLB pitchers aren't really afraid of him. He's kind of getting he's getting pitches to hit at the moment, but I hope – soon you know he starts hitting those pitches and in the future i hope that uh you know he gets some more walks six percent isn't going to cut it but you know we're only 50 plate appearances into the season or into his season basically so yeah i'm uh i'm all i'm all about hoy park and i think he's gonna be fine okay all right Cool. Right. So, yeah, looking at the schedule here, uh, after after the Brewers, we have the Los Angeles Dodgers. We're at L.A. for the next three games, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, will the Pirates win a game? All games are at 10 o'clock, by the way. I don't think so. I I want to say yes, but realistically speaking, there's just no way. Yeah, starting for the Pirates, I mean, we have Steven Brault tomorrow, Will Crow Tuesday, JT Brubaker Wednesday. So, Brault might give the Pirates a chance, but, uh, I mean, I just, it's going to be rough. The Dodgers only have two listed starters, in, or one listed starter. Sorry, uh, that's Tuesday. It'll be David Price for the. Did we lose Nate again? I think we did. Nate, if you can hear me for coming through, we're sorry, losing sorry. My Wi-Fi just disconnected for no reason at all. Did you hear what I said? I said over under 25 and a half runs for the Dodgers this series. Okay, I did not hear that, but now I did. Um, I'm going to go with the over. Over? Yeah, I agree. I think, I think the Dodgers are really going to – they're going to have one game where they score like, you know – 15 runs and uh let me ask you this then over under 10 and a half runs for the pirates in this series 
major under. There's no way our offense is going to be up to the challenge for this, especially with what I've seen today, with how how little we did against such mediocre pitching from the Brewers. I don't have any high hopes for this offense. I mean, who knows? They could surprise us, but if I'm just making a guess, there ain't no way. Yeah, that's fair. I agree as well. Then after the Dodgers, the Pirates are at St. Louis, so uh, that'll be tough. But they'll have a chance to win, perhaps, when they host the worst team in Major League Baseball, the Arizona Diamondbacks. That is uh, next Monday. They'll start that series. So that's kind of a look at the schedule coming up here. Yeah, I mean, there's not really that much to talk about. The Pirates are losing games, and they're terrible. And, you know, it's nice to see Hoy Park do good things and see Cabrian Hayes perhaps get back on track and watch Brian Reynolds be awesome. But I don't know. You look at Rodolfo Castro, he had a nice golden sombrero today, 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. But he hits the ball hard occasionally, so he's an interesting player to watch as well. But the reason we're here today is because we are going to draft the most irrelevant Pirates first baseman since the year 2000. And the inspiration for this draft is our friend John Nagowski. With Colin Moran back, it seems as though the Nagowski magic is pretty much over. And you look at his stats, he's hitting 233, 301, 310. So it's not like he really earned uh, his keeps while Moran was down. But it was fun for the first few games. He had some multi-hit games and Nagowski mania was really fun so it, it kind of reminded me of some irrelevant pirates first baseman since the year 2000 and let me tell you jake i have a list i have 20 players so i was thinking you know we could draft how many do you want to draft 10 a piece is that fair yeah that seems fair okay 10 irrelevant pirates first baseman since the year 2000 and we're not talking you know there's there's been some decent ones like Adam LaRoche, I would not say is irrelevant or Josh Bell or I guess Kevin Young. But besides those three, I think anyone is pretty much on the table. But uh, I'll let you start your first pick with the Pirates most irrelevant first baseman since the year 2000. All right. Good, good, uh, good way to start this off. My first irrelevant first baseman that I choose Daryl Ward. Mid-2000s hero. Mid-2000s hero, hit for power. Actually put up some decent numbers with the Pirates, but really fell fell under the radar because he was in that that era where nobody knew where the Pirates were going. I mean, Lloyd McClendon was at the helm. Um, I forget what the hell the general manager's name was, but it was just the Pirates were in a bit of a lull, and Daryl Ward, I think, was one of the more underrated players for the Pirates. Um, So, yeah, he's... That's a good first pick, and one of my favorite things about Daryl Ward is he's one of the only players ever, I think he's one of four, to hit a ball into the river on the fly. And ironically enough, actually, I think he's one of three. I think it's only happened four times. Josh Bell did it twice in his amazing May of 2019. But, um, yeah, him and Garrett Jones, I believe. And uh, ironically, Daryl Ward did it when he was not on the Pirates, so... Thanks a lot, Daryl. But that is a very good first pick. My first pick, I'm I'm gonna get I'm gonna get really irrelevant here. I'm gonna go with Casey McGee. I was just about to think about him. That's a really good pick. Casey McGee was, you know, he was actually pretty good 
when he played for the Brewers. He had some decent seasons. Came to the Pirates, just absolutely bad, I would say. And, um, yeah, you know, played some third base, too. But that is a name that I have not really thought about in a while before researching for this draft. And uh, I forgot I forgot about him. I really did. And uh, he's my first pick for this draft. Very, very solid pick indeed for Casey McKee. I thought he was going to pan out well for the Pirates. So, and I also did think that this first baseman would do so. And that was Lyle overpaid overbank. Yes, yes. One of probably the weirdest signings ever. I thought he was going to have potential in Pittsburgh. I mean, he had some good defensive numbers. Reading an article right now, um, I have to find his stats. Um, holy shit, where is it? Because it, I it found something really interesting about him. He had a like he hit for a solid 274, 358, 451 line with a 112 OPS plus. And he also averaged 40 doubles a season. Um, and he also had good defensive numbers, but just with the Pirates, he just flopped. I don't know what happened. I don't know if he realized that the Pirates weren't going anywhere and he just decided not to try. But what a waste <laughs> of a signing, and he fell into the Pirates' irrelevancy at first. He really did. Uh, fun fact, I remember I was at a game and he actually hit a home run, so that was kind of cool. I do specifically remember that. Yeah, 2011 with the Pirates for, you know, uh, 103 games. So he was there for a while, hit 227, 300, 349. And then he went to the Diamondbacks. He was 34 when the Pirates got him, so he was on the back end of his career. He would play until 2014. But, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure his worst his worst career OPS plus came when he was with the Pirates, if you don't include, you know, uh, 20 games that he played with Atlanta in 2012. But, uh, yeah, he was really terrible, and that is a really good pick. Lyle Overbay, he was on my list as well. So my – this is my second pick here. I'm going to go with – this is a good one. Tell me if you know who I'm talking about. Nickname – the hit collector the hit collector was that was he late or uh, early 2000s uh he's like 2012 ish 2012 yeah Lee. nope that's a good guess he's also on my list but it's matt haig oh my god good pick that's a name i haven't heard in a while matt haig had a <laughs> Phenomenal spring training, which gave him the nickname, the Hit Collector. And in 2012, he appeared in 30 games for the Pirates. And then he would appear in three games in 2014 with the Pirates. And uh, pretty much 43 career games he played. And he was really bad and really irrelevant. And uh, yeah, that's, that's my second pick. Matt Haig, the Hit Collector. Oh, boy. That takes me back. Um, <laughs> trying to think. What's my next one? Oh, yeah. Here's a name that really succeeded in the minor leagues, especially in AA Altoona. But then when he finally got the crack at the big leagues, didn't really pan out. Uh, I know what you're saying. Big country, Brad Eldred. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Brad Eldred is a great pick. <laughs> yeah it sucks because he had so much he had so much potential especially with how powerful he was but he was just you know he was one of those typical pirates recruits that had lots of potential just couldn't quite break it had contact issues and i think he had strikeout issues too if i'm not mistaken oh yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at his numbers right now. He got called up in 2005, and he wasn't good, but he hit 12 home runs in 208 plate appearances. So, I mean, a full season's worth of plate appearances, about 600. So he was on a 30 home run pace or so by that uh, regard, but hit 221, 279, 458 slugging, not too bad. I'm looking at it, though, now. It's funny you said strikeout problems. He struck out 77 times and walked 13 times. So in 208 plate appearances, he was uh, striking out what, if my math's right? That's about 35% of the time. So I do worry. I hope that uh, history does not repeat itself and Mason Martin is a similar type player because I have high hopes for him as well. So knock on wood, Mason Martin hit home runs and don't strike out as much as Brad Eldred. Yeah, that would suck, especially with how good Mason's <laughs> actually doing right now. Yeah, that would be terrible. All right, my next pick here, this is, this is a good one. This is a uh, Neil Huntington doozy early with the uh, – Early in his tenure. Actually, no. No, it wasn't. Wait, yeah, no. Yes, yes, it was. 2010. Jeff Clement. Oh, my God. I hate that name. It burns like acid. (laughs) Opening day (laughs) starter for the Pirates in 2010. He got 154 plate appearances with them that year. Hit seven home runs. Hit 201, 237, 368. Struck out 37 times. So, that's... Uh, that's actually not too terrible strikeout or rate wise, but yeah, uh, he was what the second overall pick, third overall yeah. pick in his draft, and yeah, third overall pick in two thousand five. Just the classic Huntington failed prospect. Let's see if we can get some of the magic back. Didn't happen, and he was out of baseball after uh, two thousand twelve when he appeared with the Pirates for twenty three games and hit one thirty six. So Jeff Clement, that's my next guy. All right, that's fair. I'm going to go with a bit of a wild card. Uh, He's spent a little bit more time in the outfield in his early career than I think he transitioned first towards his towards the end of his Pirates tenure, Uh, Mm -hmm. mid mid to early 2000s. Craig Wilson. I don't know if you would classify him, but I I would put him in there in first base because I know he's played there for the Pirates. I think he started there for quite some time, but I know he started out in the outfield. Uh, He did. I'm going to count them on my list, and I'm, I'm actually shocked this wasn't brought up in the other names that we brought up already. But, yeah, I say Craig Wilson. I mean, the guy was a decent hitter, I believe. If I'm, I, I actually think he was a pretty good player. Yeah, I'm looking at now. Um, Craig Wilson, like, low-key was kind of good. Um, I'm looking at it now. He had his one really good season, 2004. He had 29 home runs. OPS plus 119. His OPS plus in his six years in Pittsburgh was 118. Um, He was good. And I don't know if you remember the wigs at PNC Park, the long blonde hair wigs for Craig Wilson. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's like, I would say he's a little less irrelevant than a lot of these people because he was actually pretty decent. But, I mean, still pretty irrelevant. But... Shout out Craig Wilson. Uh, he was he was actually really nice um, for the Pirates, and then they traded him to the Yankees. And I'm trying to find who they traded him for. Um, wait, I got it. 
He was Xavier Nady. No, no, that I forget how they got Nady. No, I think they got Nady in the Oliver Perez deal. If I'm oh um, yeah, that's right. I think I could be wrong. They traded him to the Yankees for Sean Chacon, which that didn't work out at all. So nope. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Craig Wilson. I like I like Craig Wilson. That's a that's a good pick. All right, I think this is what my fourth pick. I'm yep. gonna go with. Here's a real. This one might be too irrelevant to be honest. He was absolutely awful, awful, awful for the Pirates, and he was so awful that he appeared in a game pirates in two games probably about it because he was just so mad is jason rogers oh that's a good one okay do you remember jason rogers he Frankly, played for the pirates yes. in 2016 he played he only appeared in 23 games and uh he hit 080 on base was decent for hitting 080 though 303 but he was just absolutely absolutely terrible and that trade is a that's a terrible trade do you know who they traded for jason rogers i don't exactly remember who keon broxton oh that's right who keon broxton i mean i'm not gonna sit here and tell you that he was good by any means but he was pretty decent for milwaukee he had a 20 home run season with milwaukee and he played really great defense and he was he was a pretty fun player. And the Pirates traded him and Trey Supak, which whatever, for Jason Rogers, who played in he had 33 plate plate appearances with the Pirates. Maybe maybe they pulled the plug a little too early on him, but yeah, he was really terrible. So that's that's my next pick. Who you got next? All right, my next pick, uh, a bit more of a late 2010s guy. I'm mm. surprised this went under our radar, but I'm looking at these stats. He joins two other Pirates first basemen in the 2010s of the negative uh, negative war. Oh, I'm sorry, four, three others. Back in 2014, do you remember a guy by the name of Ike Davis? Yes, he was on my list. Yep, Ike Davis. I mean, point or negative point one war with a playoff contending Pirates team. Boy, that mm-hmm. just sucks, doesn't it? And and we got him from the Mets. I forget. Did we trade for him? And I, if we did, I forget. Yeah, who we got him it was here. a mid-season. I believe they traded him in. Yeah, it was April. I'm looking at it right now. Um, I mean, they they didn't send anyone of substance, really. Blake Taylor, which okay, that's who they got Ike Davis for, and he he had some moments. I believe he had a walk-off home run at one point, but yeah, I guess. His OPS plus was 103. He got on base a decent amount, but yeah, he's just not too great. 10 home runs with the Pirates in about eh, almost 400 plate appearances. So he played good defense, though. I do remember that, which a lot of these first basemen of Pirates past have not played good defense at all. So I'll give Ike Davis that. That's a that's a solid pick. 2014, he played on a playoff team. So good for Ike Davis. Yep, just uh, just just sucks he couldn't pan out because I actually had high hopes for him. But oh well, who's your next yep. pick? Another yeah, another highly regarded prospect uh, before he got to the majors, which didn't really work out. My next pick, here we go again. This one's pretty terrible. He actually was good before he came to the Pirates for about a season, but that is Mike Morse. 
Mike Morris or Michael Morris? Oh. I don't know. That's right. I, always I thought forgot it was that Michael. we severely overpaid for him. Yeah. Oh, uh, he he was on the team 2015. They got him in a deal from Miami, I believe, and he was pretty bad. In 2016, he played in six games. He didn't get a hit. He didn't even get a walk. He did not get on base in only eight uh, plate appearances, but still. And then uh, he finished his career with the Giants, but – Morse was really good in 2011. So five years past his prime, the Pirates took a shot at him, and he was terrible. So Mike Morse, that's my next one. Who you got next? All right, I'm going to go with someone who's a little bit more relevant. And by relevant, I mean he's played recently, but he sucks. Oh, wait. No, I'm going to save him for later. Let's go with a guy who everybody thought was going to do really well with the Pirates, and then he got to the major leagues and just absolutely flopped. You know a guy by the name of Brent Morrell, corner infielder? Yeah. Yeah, he played. He plays Brandon Inch. But, yeah, Brent Morrell, that's good. That's funny. I He did not make my list. He was so irrelevant that uh, that's good, though. Brent Morrell. I need to look him up because I'm, like, trying to think of who he is. That name is – it's uh, – I've heard the name. He was on the Pirates. Pirates. He came up as a third baseman primarily, I think, but I know he got some reps at first, if I'm not mistaken. And um, he was touted, I believe, for not only his defensive ability, but his ability to make contact as well. But then when he got up to the major leagues, he was – I don't think he sucked. I think he was just average, and it wasn't anything to stand out by, and the Pirates didn't renew him. And I think he went to either the KBO or he just went over to Japan and played. So I actually followed – it's ironic. I followed him on Instagram when uh, he was with the Pirates, and I kept following him for years after. And he just he, – he didn't really do much. And I think he's actually out of baseball now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's, that's funny. Sense. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. That's a good – can you hear me? Yeah, you're, like, cutting in and out. But, yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. All right, my next pick, I'm going to go with Travis Ishikawa. He was on my list. He is, uh, you know, he played in 2014 with the Pirates, and he was bad, obviously. And then, I don't know if you remember, but he went to the Giants and sent them to the World Series with a walk-off home run. So that's pretty much what I base my pick on, just the fact that that happened and he was awful with Pirates. But uh, he was a <laughs> playoff hero, ironically. Yep. Not for us, though. Which is Not for us, though. Not for the Pirates. All right, who you got next? I believe this is your seventh pick. So we'll each do uh, four more. Okay. I'm actually writing all these down just because formality reasons. <laughs> but, cool, cool. Um, this guy also played with the Pirates in the early 2010s. Uh, didn't do too much. I think he only played like a total of 19 games with them. John Balker, my next pick. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, tell, me, tell me why you picked him, besides the obvious fact that he's extremely irrelevant. Um, well, I mean, it seems like – let me do some calculations – wasn't too great with the Pirates. He had a 237 or 235 average in 2011 before getting dealt to Philadelphia, I believe. I don't know if he was dealt to Philadelphia or if he was DFA'd. 
Also played with Pittsburgh in 2010 as well. 16 hits on 69 ABs. So he's been splitting his time elsewhere because he's also spent time with San Francisco in 2010. So so he was really in Pittsburgh for two cups of coffee, didn't really do too much. And that was the era where Pittsburgh just absolutely sucked at baseball, part of the 100-loss team in 2010. I I mean, dude just wasn't good. He was just a place filler, sort of like John Nagowski, just a little bit worse, I would say. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I – that name escaped me the hell and back, but then I saw it. But then I saw it, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" I remember that guy was actually part of the Pirates, unfortunately. And I mean, anybody who watched Pirates baseball in the early 2010s knows of John Bowker, unfortunately, for the wrong reason. Pretty much, yeah. That's a good pick. That is a good pick indeed. All right, my next pick, another World Series hero, Steve Pierce. Oh my god, he was uh, he was pretty highly touted. He was a decent prospect, I believe. Came with the Pirates, was not good. Left the Pirates, had success. World Series MVP in 2018 with the Red Sox. Is that when they won? Yep, 2018. I believe. Yeah, so uh, Steve Pierce, World Series hero. That's my next pick. Who do you got next? My next pick comes from the early 2000s, uh, part of the 2001 squad, I believe. Randall Simon. Uh, yes, I feel on like- my list. I feel like he was actually somewhat okay, but because he was part of that early 2000s squad that really didn't do much, not too many people uh, think of him really when they think of the Pirates. Um, and I mean, he only spent better part of two seasons, I'd say, with the Pirates. Uh, oh, I'm, I apologize. It was 2003 and 2004. Um, played the majority of those seasons with the Pirates, um, just didn't quite have the great numbers. I mean, 2003 with the Pirates hit 305. I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong category. He hit 274, but then in 2004 when he returned, he hit 194 with the Pirates. So he really uh, fell off irrelevancy when he came back to Pittsburgh in 04. I think it was one of those things where he would have been noted as a better first base choice if he didn't come back. So Randall Simon, my eighth round pick. That's a good pick, and we can't forget that he whacked a sausage in Milwaukee. You can't mention Randall Simon without mentioning that, so that's funny. I will say about Randall Simon, I enjoyed his his swing. Uh, he kind of had – he had like a hitch in his swing where, you know, his load, he kind of cocked the bat up, and, you know, it was mm-hmm. – he had a big swing, and we, when he connected, he hit some, some long home runs. So, Randall Simon, that's a good one. My eighth pick here, I'm going to go with <laughs> another former Brewer that didn't work out with the Pirates. He was good when he was on the Brewers, came to the Pirates, was terrible. That's Corey Hart. Yo, oh, my God, some, yes. Played some outfield uh, with the Pirates as well. But, yeah, he came to the Pirates in 2015, and that was right before he never played again. And in – 57 plate appearances, 222, 246, 352 with one, nope, two home runs. So he was uh, he was pretty bad. He was only 33 that year. But, yeah, really good, really good for the Brewers. He actually killed the Pirates, I believe, when he was on the Brewers. But when he joined the Pirates, just didn't cut it. And that that's my eighth pick. Yes, eighth pick. And, yeah, I mean, he was – if you think about it, Corey Hart was like a Ben Gamble almost, uh, but except Ben Gamble's having relative success when he came to Pittsburgh. But both pirate killers, just unfortunate. Corey, I was really hyped on Corey Hart when we got him. Then he just just sucked. So 
Yeah, I, I like that pick a lot. Uh, my ninth round pick, he's a mayor now. Just And he got thrown out from left field at first base because yes. he didn't run. Sean frickin' Casey. The mayor. A better MLB. In- I mean, it's so sad because Sean Casey, if you look at his stats, wasn't actually a bad player with Pittsburgh. I think he had to put up a line of 296, 377, and 408, which really isn't terrible if you think about it, especially given the recent string of first baseman that the Pirates have had. I would consider him more of the better end, but I think it was because of that 2006 team that he was on. They weren't the greatest. I mean, really the only highlights from that year were PNC Park was home of the All-Star game that featured Sanchez and Bay. Sanchez won the batting title. So it was really drowned out by a lot of things. So I think Casey really fell into irrelevancy just based on that. But, I mean, he had good numbers despite being on a terrible team. And I think he got flipped. Yes, he did. He got flipped to uh, Detroit later that year. Um, so maybe more of a rental piece. But overall, one of the better first basemen that come through the Pirates in the early or in the uh, 2000s. Uh, but just fell off of relevancy because he wasn't here for a long period of time and just didn't really make that big of an impact. So, yeah, my ninth round pick. Fun fact, I believe he hit the first home. It was either the first home run or the first hit at PNC Park when he played for the Reds. And he was a beast on the Reds. Uh, your, your rare, you know, contact hitting, getting on base, hitting first baseman. You don't really see a lot of those now. I guess that's what – uh. John Nagalski wanted to be. But yeah, that's a good pick. Sean Casey, ninth pick. My ninth pick here, I'm going to go with, let's see, my list is getting a little shorter here. I'm going to go with, oh, one of my favorite first basemen in recent history who never played first base before he got to the Pirates. And that's John Jaso. Mr. John Jaso, 2016 was not too bad. Uh, 268, 353, 413. That's a 105 OPS plus, which from your first baseman, you really don't like to see. But the Pirates had the rare uh, the rare occurrence of where they would have their first baseman hit leadoff regularly. And John Jaso, I mean, what's not to like about him? The, the hair, the wide open batting stance, the very chill attitude. John Jaso, that's my that's my ninth. Oh yeah, John Jaso doesn't he look like Silent Bob? I think. I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was honestly somewhat of a fan of him when he was in Pittsburgh, uh, but 2016 just wasn't a great year for the Pirates, so obviously just went under the radar. All right, now we're in round number ten, and yep. my list is also kind of thinning out as well. But there is uh, one name that I think you can agree that this is one of the more, more uh, irrelevant Pirates first baseman just because of all the hype that surrounded him and then sucked. Andrew Lambeau. You remember how everybody talked him up whenever he was in the minors saying, oh, my God, he's going to be this next power-hitting superstar. And then he got up to the big leagues and almost just replicated a, replicated a dead fish almost. Like, just didn't – he didn't do anything. He struck out a lot, if I'm not mistaken, or he, he just was not productive in any way possible, and he was quickly out of Pittsburgh. Yeah, he was pretty solid in the minors, I believe, as well. And, yeah, he spent parts of three seasons with Pittsburgh, and then in 2017 he got to appear in one game with the A's. But, yeah, not too great. His first, his rookie year, I mean, I guess they're all rookie years. He didn't really establish much service time. But uh, 
In his first taste of the big leagues, he was, I mean, he had 33 plate appearances. He never, he never had thir- more than 39 plate appearances in his season, but uh, that's a good pick. Also, though, he did beat cancer, so I'll give him, I'll give him kudos for that. Uh, so, Andrew Lambo, that's your final pick. That is my final pick. All right, my final pick. I'll keep it easy here. He played with the Pirates this year. Was absolutely terrible. Got into some Twitter beef with uh, <laughs> the media, and that's Todd Frazier, who is now he or not now, but he was tearing it up for Team USA in the Olympics. And so that's going to be my last pick. Was absolutely awful with the Pirates, and uh, yeah, I feel like that's a that's a good that's a good spot to round out this draft. Yeah, I would say so too. I just want to give a few dishonorable mentions. Uh, Doug Minkavich, one of them, I thought yes. we would have mentioned oh him. God. How um, did I get him? Probably because he was a, more of a bench bat, I think. And then uh, just yeah. a few other ones: um, Brandon Inge, Brandon Wood, Eric Hinsky, all played for the Pirates. Sucked <laughs> too. Eric Hinsky, how did I forget him? That's another oh, great one. Just, just too many to fit into ten picks each, man. Like we need a yes. full draft room for this. Honestly, you're right, but uh, that's our draft. So you said you wrote them down. We can get them. We can post them on Twitter or whatever. And uh, yeah, that's that's it. That's the that's the Pittsburgh Pirates irrelevant first baseman draft since the year 2000. I had fun doing this, Jake. Uh, we'll have to compare teams here and see who's more irrelevant or who has a better team. Who would have a better lineup of these players? Um, but yeah, definitely fun. We'll be back. After the Dodgers series, they play three 10 o'clock games at night, so I don't know if we're going to be doing a late, late night pod, but we'll have a pod. I think the Pirates are off Thursday, so if not Wednesday, super late at night, Thursday for sure. So, Jake, any last thoughts before we get out of here? Any last thoughts on your draft, the Pirates in general? Just what do you got for me? I'd give our draft class a solid A+, plus. both of them. I thought they were pretty irrelevant. Um, but yeah, I, I had a lot of fun doing this. Maybe we could do it for something else. And thanks yeah. to everybody for listening and tuning in each and every week here on talk to play. Awesome. Yes. Eventually we're going to get to the all time pirates team draft. So we still have to plan that out, but that will be coming as well. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Follow me on Twitter at Nathan underscore Hirsch, H U R S H follow Jake on Twitter at underscore radio. Jake, correct. Correct. Awesome. And follow Bucks Dugout on Twitter at Bucks Dugout. We'll be back soon with some more quirky drafts of sorts or lists. We got to find some talk topics to uh, talk about as the Pirates tank down the stretch. <laughs> but, uh, we'll be here. We'll be here after the Dodgers series. So everyone have a great rest of your day and uh, peace out. <laughs>